uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 26. You probably recall we were there last week and um, Chris was unpacking some aspects of the Holy Spirit and sometimes how we can have probably maybe an incorrect understanding of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but also too, more importantly, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. And because this Sunday as well, we're on our break from 1 Corinthians, uh, yeah, Chris shared that, look, you know, I have free reign to speak on anything which I really don't like. I'd rather be given a topic. But when reflecting on some stuff that we were looking at last week, uh, I really felt that the Lord wanted me to sit in that topic and so probably had a lot there for me to um, for work through my own, my own life. But I, I trust for all of us. So um, let's pray and see what God and the, the work of the Spirit can do with us today. Heavenly Father, just as we come before you, we thank you for the time that we can be in worship and in song and reflection, the fun that we can have as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, but Lord Jesus, we thank you what we've just remembered in sharing in uh, this cup uh, and this bread in reflection of uh, a perfect love, a perfect sacrifice to give mankind hope, a hope of eternity with you. Lord Jesus, we, we thank you for your love for us. Lord God, I just pray that you just um, speak to us today as we look at your word. Holy Spirit, may you move us to a new point in our life where you're more centred. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, last week, um, Chris brought out a really good point, which I thought was good just to touch base on and reflect on this week, that the Holy Spirit is not just an object that we pull out and we plug in when we need an extra burst of energy or an extra skill set or something, situation in our life where we just feel that we just need some extra support. That's not to say that the Holy Spirit cannot work in those ways in our lives, but obviously it's not what we want to look at today. He also reminded us that the Spirit is a person, it's not an it or a thing, um, it's a person, it's a part of the Godhead. And I want to bring out today a little bit about the Holy Spirit has, has some emotion as well, which we'll unpack. So in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to uh, 26, let's have a read because there's actually two points or two sections that I want to focus on, and it's called, I call it a contrast. And it's a contrast of our sinful nature, and Chris spoke a little bit about that last week, the flesh and the spirit. So our flesh, our sinful nature and the spirit are always going to be at odds with one another. There's always going to be a battle in our lives that we have to be prepared for as believers. And, and secondly, it's the spirit that guides the believer in our life. And this is an important point which I wanted to bring out this morning. In fact, I want to challenge each one of us. I'm just reflecting on the time and working out. I think you want me to finish in 10 minutes. Okay, a bit longer. Okay. Uh, well, let, let's just read for those of us that weren't here. Just to get an understanding, I'll move as quick as I can. Galatians 5. And my Bible is NIV. It's headed up life in the spirit. Yours may be something, something different. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want to do. Sorry, you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, 
you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And this is a contrast now. So that's our sinful nature. That's, that's the world that we sadly live in. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against, against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have been crucified in the sinful nature with their passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So I wanted to start at the beginning. Sorry about my reading there. I'm just um, struggling with the lights and, my, and glasses, which I need sorted out. But I want to start at the beginning of our Christian walk. At some stage, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've made a decision to put him first in your life. So I want to ask the question, when we give our life to Christ, do you still now feel convicted how you live in response to God's grace? Do you show him love? Do you show him dedication in your life as a response to the new life that you have in Christ? Or has it been just a commitment where you recognise that you need Jesus in your life, you need something extraordinary in your life to make a change and that's as far as it's gone? Is your life as a believer, is your spiritual life somewhat stagnant because you're sitting in the initial commitment but forgetting about that commitment is ongoing to place Jesus as centre of, of your life? So how should I live out the gospel in my life and what does God require of me? I ask you those questions. It's not uncommon for us to have a couple of questions and something which I struggled through this week and thought about that I wanted to share with you, these questions are pretty pointed and I, I, I don't reflect on these as something that I'm just focusing on what other people should be doing. I, I'm also acutely aware that these are things in my life that I have to be concerned with. So I'll ask you some questions. In reflection to Galatians, where we're seeing that there's this division between the flesh, our sinful nature, and what the Spirit desires in our life as a believer in Jesus Christ, when we've made that commitment, we're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, um, there's this constant battle between the flesh, our sinful nature, and what God desires, or the Holy Spirit desires for us to be doing. So what does my life as a believer look like? Question one. What does your life as a believer look like? Would the people I interact with know that I'm a follower of Christ? I'll say that again. Would people that I interact, in, interact with in my life really know that I'm a follower of Christ? Or do you lead two lives? Do you lead a life which is your Sunday life, for want of a better expression, in amongst church folk. Maybe midweek we put that life back on when we go to core group. And then when we're, we're with other people that don't know Christ, we turn into somebody else. What does your life as a believer really look like? 
Would the fruit that we've just read about today, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, do these fruits, these attributes, are they really displayed in your life? Are they displayed in my life? And if they are displayed, do they really inform people around me of the very nature of Christ? See, this whole passage draws us to recognise that the fruits of the Spirit are somewhat a manifestation of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives when we give our lives over to Christ. We give our lives over to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives so we're not actually handing our life back to the flesh in our sinful nature but we're in step with the Spirit and what the Spirit wants. Because what the Spirit wants is ultimately a reflection of who Christ is. And I go as far to say that is the gospel lived out in our lives. For people that don't know Christ around us, I ask you the question, do they really see Christ in you and in me? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Some similar terms there, isn't it? So there's an old life and there's now a new life. The old is gone, the new has come. The old nature we read about in Galatians, which was idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. These all sound very heavy, but in reality... They're the aspects of a sinful world, a sinful life. They go on to be factions. It goes envy, drunkenness, orgies, hatred, all these things which are against the spirit. So we have this new life in Christ. We are a new creation. The new has come. The old has gone. So we have that reassurance that the work of the Holy Spirit in our life is powerful that we don't have to give in to our old desires, our old flesh, our old sinful nature, that this new life in Christ, with the foundation and work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we are a new creation. That new creation should inform people around us of the very nature of Christ. They will see the reflection of who God is, who the Lord Jesus is, through who we are, how we act, what we say, how we live. In Hebrews 12 verse 14, it speaks about this, without holiness no one will see the Lord. And I think what it's reflecting on here, that back in ritual times for the Hebrews or for the Jewish nation, before going into the temple, there was a lot of ceremonies with cleaning and washing. And it was about being clean and about being holy before coming into the presence of God. Well, if you really want to understand the very nature of God, if you want to really reflect God and who Jesus is in the world that we live in, you need to put aside sin. And this verse reminds us of that. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. If we desire to see God clearly, then we need to reject sin in our life and holiness needs to be evident in our lives. Is holiness evident in your life today? Is holiness something that you struggle with? Is putting the Spirit's nature first in your life something that you cannot seem to get right? Who has hold of your life? Is it the Lord Jesus? Is it the Holy Spirit at work in your life? Or is it Satan at work in your life? You know, as a believer, 
um, we, we tend to think that we, um, we're void from the, the attacks of the evil one, where actually it's quite the opposite. Yeah. Because the effectiveness of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives and the effectiveness of people seeing who Christ really is through the way we live, that speaks loudly of the gospel. Yeah. It speaks loudly of who Christ is. It informs people of the love of Christ. Informs people... Uh, people of the nature of Christ when we look at those things again joy, peace, patience, kindness goodness, faithfulness gentleness, self-control these are all attributes of Jesus these are all attributes of a new life in Christ do people see that in our lives or not in Galatians 5.19 Paul draws his contrast with these failures and depravities that society has and then we see the life that Christ that our Lord God wants us to have this life as a believer where we are allowing the Holy Spirit to be at work to transform us we have this new life in Christ um, Chris spoke about last week in Romans 12 do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed is that really an image that we have is that an image that we have in our own lives. Do we see that? Do you see that in your life today? Or do you see a life where you just stumble around, um, get involved with some Christian things because at some stage in your life you made a commitment to Christ but he's not really the centre of your life? Is Jesus the centre of your life today? That's the question I'm asking and that's the question that really was impressed upon my heart this week and just looking through and preparing for this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Do I live out the gospel in my life? You know, there's so much evidence when we look through the New Testament about um, supporting an expectation of growth in a transformed life. You know, looking through all Paul's epistles, we see this constant growth to be more Christ-like, this push to be forever changing, forever yielding to the Holy Spirit, forever giving in to our sinful nature and leaning towards what God would have us do, leaning towards the fruits of the Spirit, the very nature of Christ in our life every day. Remember, if we just had a child that was still pooing its nappies, and I've said this many times before, and at 10 years of age, he or she was still doing it, it would be sad because there hasn't been any growth, there hasn't been any change in that child's life. Something has held that child back. What's your spiritual life like? Are you still a babe in Christ? Are you still fluffing around with the little things? Are you still at that Sunday school level where you make a commitment to put the Lord Jesus as first in your life, but that's as far as it goes? Or are you willing to go further and allow the Holy Spirit to be at work in your life, to transform your life, Put things in place where you can see the Holy Spirit work and grow so you'd become more Christ-like. Let's look at those fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These things are easy to do when uh, times, are, times are good. Uh, when, when things are, are great, it's easy to love people. <coughs> when um, everything's right at li in life, you know, it's easy to be peaceful. 
and when there's not much going on, it's easy to be patient. It's easy to be kind, and we can be faithful, and we can be gentle, and we can be in self-control. But you turn life upside down and create some problems and challenges. Maybe you might lose a job. Maybe you might lose a loved one. Maybe you might struggle to meet that right person. Maybe you might struggle to have a child. Maybe you might struggle to get on with your parents or siblings or or whatever the situation may be. Maybe you might be struggling with some lifelong illness or something that's happened in your life that's just really turned things upside down. At that point, how do you go with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control? I'd go as far to say that in our own strength we can't achieve these. It's really the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that enables us to achieve these. So in those tough times that we have, in those situations where... um, We're just not coping. And people see these fruits in our lives. People see a difference in our lives. They can't help but be drawn and be informed to the very nature of Christ. They can't help be drawn to the fact that the gospel is at work in our lives. It gives you opportunity to testify through the way you live and through the way you speak and through the way you act. some impacting points for me, but these fruits really represent the character of Christ. How am I going with representing the character of Christ in my workplace, in my marriage, uh, in my social settings? How am I really going with representing the very character of Christ? Is there evidence of salvation in my life? Is there evidence of that the Holy Spirit is actually at work in my life? These fruits of the Spirit that we just read several times, they represent the gospel lived out in me. Do people see the gospel in your life? Do people see the result of a transformed life? Do people see the result of the old has gone, the new has come, this new life that we have in Christ? Those things will draw people to Jesus. If I had a situation in my life where it was... Um, I don't know, challenge with any one of these uh, contrasts here to the Spirit in verse 19. There's a whole list of them. Mm. And probably for each one of us, maybe sometimes in our life we can get caught up with any one of them. could be embarrassing. But the reality is we all suffer, we're all challenged with sin. So what's happening in my life? Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to, to renew those things, to renew the fact that um, I can walk away from the evil and sinful nature in my life that is dragging me down and allowing me to step up and uh, see that Jesus is the centre of my life. In Ephesians chapter 4, I just want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. So what can happen if at times in my life I oppose the spirit and fall into my sinful desires, well, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 to 32 says, Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, 
that it may benefit those who listen. Verse 30 is what I was really after. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed from the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander. Sounds very much like previous attributes, sinful attributes, along with every form of malice. Now here's a contrast. Be kind, compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. You know the fact that, I don't know what your Bible says, mine says grieve, there might be some other translations that might say saddened, but that gives me an understanding that the Holy Spirit truly is a person. It's not just a thing or an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. I'd nearly go as far and stick out to say that, hang on, does the Holy Spirit as part of the Godhead actually have emotion as well? If I can actually grieve the Holy Spirit, does the Holy Spirit have emotion? So what's going on here then if this Holy Spirit that is indwelt in my life and I can grieve the Holy Spirit through doing things, sinful nature, things that are opposed to what the Spirit wants, it reminds me that there's a real relationship going on here. Yeah. I have a real relationship with the Godhead. Right. I have a real relationship with the Holy Spirit. And when we consider relationship, would you all agree that when you think about a relationship, that love is intended to be reciprocated? Yeah. That love isn't just one way. If, if I have a relationship with someone that's quite deep, if it's not returned, there's a sense of awkwardness. There's something wrong with the relationship if that love is not reciprocated in some way. When we think of the Godhead, we think of a, a perfect love for all mankind. We think of the, the Father who sent the Son to die on a cross to give mankind hope of eternity, to give us a, an opportunity to have a new life in Christ. That's a love and a grace that is very hard for mankind to comprehend and fully understand and fully grasp. It's a love like no other, yeah. a perfect love. So how do I live in response to that love as a believer in Jesus Christ, which I said earlier? So if, if love is intended to be reciprocated, why don't I reflect on how I show my love to God? How did I show my love to God this week? How did I show my love to God today? I know this morning, uh, probably yesterday, um, we did a typical thing when happening when I'm trying to preach or something, I, I create an argument. So something at home goes wrong and I sort of think, well, hang on, what, what went wrong there? You know, Satan loves to find a wedge to slide in. He likes to create a divide. And I just wanted to share with you the fact that, you know, you have to stop and recognise when sin is starting to creep in in your life and in situations and just say stop to it. Because the fact that we have this relationship with the Holy Spirit, there's an expectation that I gave my heart to Christ one, once in my life and I wanted him to be centre of my life. Is he still centre of my life in all the aspects of my life and the decisions I make in the way I act? I don't know about you, but something that you need to reflect on. These fruits and these attributes that we've mentioned allow us, or I felt they allow us, to evaluate our lives. Have you stopped and evaluated your life? Are you willing to actually stop and evaluate your life when you consider 
your Christian walk? Are you really willing to challenge yourself that where am I spiritually? Have I ever grown? Have I gone backwards in my spiritual walk? Maybe you've raced forward. Praise the Lord. But in reality, Satan and our evil desires will be doing everything to hold us back. He doesn't want us to grow. He doesn't want us to have the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. The evil one loves to see sin at work in our lives. The evil one wants sin to be at work in our lives so people cannot be informed about the very nature of God through you. Because the fact that we have the Holy Spirit indwelt in our life as a believer is the opportunity to inform people of Christ and who Christ really is through the way we live, the way we speak and the way we act. Galatians 25 says, walking increasingly in step with the Spirit. I want to add growing in holiness of mind, of heart and of life. The end of this chapter reinforced to me that I need to keep God at the centre of my life. I need to ensure that the Holy Spirit is continually at work in my life and I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to be at work in my life. There's lots of things that we can do in our lives which quench the Holy Spirit, which can grieve the Holy Spirit. We need to be actively allowing the Spirit to be at work in our lives. And I ask you the question, what are you doing in your life to allow the Holy Spirit to be at work? Do you spend time in God's word? Do you spend time in prayer? Do you prioritise fellowship with other believers? Are you happy to actually stop and critique your life and say, you know what, sin has a hold of my life in that area and I need to allow the Holy Spirit to change it? Just reinforce today to keep God at the centre of your life and allow the Holy Spirit to be at work. Just as I call up the worship team, because we're conscious of time, I just want to ask you one more thing. Do you listen to the Holy Spirit when he's speaking to you? Do you ask the Holy Spirit to give you clarity in life situations? When I say that, I also recognise... There's another question. Are you willing to hear everything that the Holy Spirit is going to say to you as well? Because sometimes there are things that we won't like. Because sometimes there are things that we might have to change and we might have to step out of our pride if we are to be continually transformed by the Holy Spirit. We can finish on an encouragement, though, and that encouragement is that this Holy Spirit, this same Spirit that indwelt Jesus Christ, our Saviour, gives us the understanding. It gives us, if I could say, the privilege to recognise that that same Spirit that was with Christ, who was without sin and was fully yielded to the Holy Spirit, that same Spirit is within us, within the believer. And it's desiring to do a great work in you and, and a great work in me. Are you willing to allow him to be at work? Or do you want just to take control yourself? If you want to continually take control of your own life yourself, maybe you've got to ask and reevaluate: have I really put Jesus at the centre of my life? Maybe today is an opportunity for you as a believer, if you know Jesus 
And you maybe have known Jesus and had a relationship with Jesus for many years or a short time. Maybe you need to press reset in certain areas of your life. Don't allow sin, don't allow the evil one to get a hold of you. Allow the Holy Spirit to be at work in your life. Put in place structures and foundations to ensure that the Holy Spirit can work in your life. Because when the Holy Spirit is at work in your life and we see the fruits of these spirits coming out, that will inform the people around us, those that know Christ and those who don't. It will inform them of the very nature of Christ and the gospel can be at work in our lives and for people around us to see. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, we just thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit can have in our lives. Lord, we recognise the battle that we have with sin. Uh, Lord, um, we ask for your protection. Lord, so we continually be handing over to what you would want us to do. Lord, may we be people that love one another. May we be people of peace and kindness and gentleness and of self-control. Lord, we thank you that you can be with us today. Lord, I pray for those that don't know you that are here today. Lord, may your Holy Spirit just speak to them, that you reveal to them a new life that they can have in you, have in Christ. Lord, for those of us that have already made that decision, Lord, we continue to pray that we can be transformed. Continually renew our minds, Lord, I pray. Lord, help us be recognised that the old is gone and we have a new life in Christ. Lord, may we live out the gospel. May we be informing people around us who Jesus is and the perfect love that Jesus has through the way that we live, speak and act. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.